0: Hello and welcome to Dateline New Haven on WNHHFM, New Haven's home for community radio. I'm Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines on the stories that make New Haven tick. We got a big story in New Haven now, one that has implications for the entire nation as communities like New Haven wrestle with a growth in homelessness and a shortage of solutions. We have in um, in the studio today a man who's decided to work on a. Go ahead and work on one solution of his own, which is tiny houses for people who are homeless and not going to conventional shelters. His name is Mark Colville. He's uh, one of the runners of the Catholic Worker House on Rosette Street in New Haven. And he's in the news because the government's trying to shut him down. Also with us is um, Colleen Shattuck, who's a supporter of Mark and the Catholic Worker's House's efforts to house the unhoused with a group called Rosette Village, Neighborhood Village, is that what it's called, Colleen? Uh huh. And um, I didn't hear you. I guess okay. Let me get your sound better. And they're uh, and they're part of the reason Mark had the capital to be able to um, to get this going. Welcome both of you, and thanks for coming, making time during this period of time. To come on, Dateline New Haven. Thank you. So, Mark, I'm trying to figure out why I'm. I i got to be a little better. So, Mark, tell me how you got this idea. I guess it was just in two weeks ago. It feels like forever ago, right? You you you, st- you were having homeless people live in tents on your yard at the Catholic Worker House, which is on Rosette Street in the hill. You got some extra land there. I, used to, I remember there was a community garden there once or something. And you put up tents for the homeless there and the kind of community developed there. People have been thrown out of other tent encampments. And now you found someone who you related to who hooked you up with these prefab shelters, 64 to 100 square feet. You put six of them up on your property. Homeless people are staying in them. And uh, I guess about 10 people,
1: uh, well, there's, there's the six uh, units uh, housing eight people right now, and that's right. in addition to, you know, we still have at least a dozen people in tents as
0: well. So, uh, oh, you still have tents there? Oh, yes, yeah. And are you hoping to move them eventually, or?
1: Well, uh, what we're hoping for is, uh, and I'll get into it a little bit, is the, um, you know, that the city will partner with this neighborhood, uh, with this basically hom- uh, solution to homelessness, which has origin- arisen from a neighborhood we're we're not asking the mo- city for much in the way of money or anything just um, you know just to partner with us in in the um you know in, in taking care of this problem and uh, again we do have uh we have a number of people that are still dwelling in tents and that's a subhuman existence here in New Haven in the um, in the winter as we all know
0: so, so Mark, there's an emergency going on here. How did you get the idea to have these sh- these prefab shelters put in
1: Well this uh, uh project houses. This project, from, from Amistad's perspective, which is where I Amistad come, Catholic Worker House. Amistad yeah. Catholic Worker, our House of Hospitality, has been in place for upwards of 30 years. Um, this particular project uh, was really hatched by, uh, by this uh, Rosette uh, Village Neighborhood Collective, which is a collection of folks from uh, literally from all over New Haven County and elsewhere in the state, uh, a lot of people from the suburbs, in fact, that became really disturbed about, as we are, about the continued um, you know, bulldozing of, of uh, homeless encampments for the unhoused, you know, which have really become the only sense of community that people who are homeless can really experience anymore. Um, and so we decided, uh, well, so this, this project fits into a campaign that we've been on for a solid 10 years now. Back in 2013, the United Nations did a study of, of US cities uh, nationwide uh, to evaluate their compliance or non-compliance with the UN Universal Declaration on Human Rights. Okay, uh, I would adv- uh, encourage people to go find that on the internet. Um, uh, commission, uh, Commission on uh, uh, Human Rights and uh, Racial Discrimination. What they found was a plethora of mun- municipal laws nationwide that um, that criminalize homelessness. The one that they flagged most was that people, according to the U.N. Universal Declaration on Human Rights, have a right to take refuge on unused public land together uh, when the city and the state does not provide them with adequate affordable housing. And how
0: is unused defined?
1: Well, we've been walking around our neighborhood long enough to see vacant buildings and vacant properties sitting uh, simply as an investment for the... uh, you know, the the capitalist venture that housing development has become. So, uh, you know, people who are unhoused uh, are, I mean, the way the situation is now, people are essentially um, evicted from shelters every morning at 7 o'clock and sent into the neighborhoods, into two neighborhoods, essentially, uh, the Hill and Fairhaven, okay? So for 30 years, I've lived in the Hill as a homeowner, and we have had these unacknowledged neighbors uh, with a with kind of a standing order uh, when they leave. And the is shelter. there an
0: understanding of law enforcement, if unspoken, like if you go to that abandoned house in the back, we're not going to bother you, but if you go on this block, we are.
1: Well, we're um, what we're dealing with here is an emergency. We don't have time to sort that sort of stuff out. All right, so let
0: me let me bring back to. You. So you took this step for 10 years. You've been dealing with this issue, the human right to ha- shelter. You took it one step now with these tiny houses. How did you get the idea for the tiny houses? How did you get for these well again? This metal was a, shelters.
1: This was a response that came from this collective that again came forward, uh, having seen the human suffering involved in these uh, evictions from public spaces, and that they wanted to do something about it. Our our position again for ten years now has been that um, we are going to assert simply from uh, with as much. Um, emphasis and power that we have as neighborhood residents we are going to help people assert their right to build their own home in their own neighborhood okay uh, when the city uh, in action and the uh, economic realities exclude them from that.
0: So these, these shelters they're built out of what?
1: Uh, they're made of some composite material. It's very interesting to me that, um, that Everybody seems to be taking such an interest in this. I'm
0: really interested. Yeah, Like, but, how are you going to build I homes mean, for the homeless? I think know, it's really interesting. But four weeks ago... from a tent.
1: Four weeks ago, these same people were living in tents, and mm-hmm. they were they were uh, then identified universally in this city as homeless people. Suddenly, they have structures mm. that are a little more human, a little warmer, a little more permanent. I guess I'm interested in it because cities okay, are looking... But, but now they're no longer homeless people now they're tenants now we're housing developers okay we're going no, to we're gonna we get we're going to get to the we are human rights develop. we we're are talking human about the legal defenders.
0: i'm just interested in the fact cuz i think other cities yeah. are looking at what are they going to do for the homeless public right. populations in the winter so All these right. are well, made are what, these made out of metal or wood
1: um they're made out of uh, some composite material and uh, i believe steel or aluminum and do they have um, beds they have beds they have electricity they're uh they have um uh, heating and cooling units oh, Okay. of course have we have we have developed, uh, no, they don't have, um, that's what, um, you know, the, the idea of a, of a homeless uh, or an unhoused encampment, and, and again, this is this is not something that we made up. This has been replicated all over this country. The company that we bought the, the homes from contracts with over 100 municipalities nationwide. Oh, so municipalities
0: so, nationwide are buying these tiny houses. Absolutely.
1: They're contracting mostly with cities. Like, now, what, some what are some cities
0: where you'd find these
1: uh well actually Providence Rhode Island is considering reconsidering now. Um they had a plan in place there was some, uh, reaction you know the old NIMBY stuff not in my backyard. Well we've decided uh, YIMBY is the way to go. Yes. So where would I backyard. find these
0: like where does this company have okay, them Okay
1: uh, Burlington Vermont ha- ha- constructed one with I believe it was, forty five or fifty of oh, them. Wow. And how's that on going? On a designated piece of uh, of public land it's going great. Um, and that's what we've been asking for at Amistad for 10 years, simply cajoling, demanding, asking, begging that every winter all we get from the city is this emergency funding coming in and warming centers where people have to sit up all night. They're not allowed to lay down. What we're simply saying is when you recognize people's human right to take refuge somewhere, then and I do- if they did that, I would agree with the mayor. We shouldn't okay, be you're doing this. Okay, you're getting into the argument me finish. with the mayor. We I want to get to We should not be that. doing this in our backyard. I want to get to It the should argument. be done on a designated piece of public okay. land, and which, I do want to... again, another hundred or more cities
0: have already done across the okay, country. Okay, so, Mark, I do want to get to the argument you're having with the mayor. I want to get first to what you're doing, which is really interesting. And we're talking yeah. about the new tiny houses on Rosette Street, the Amistad Catholic Worker House, on WNHHFM, new, uh, 103.5 FM, Lost Jean, New Haven, Invin.org. So, they have, do they have water? No. So okay. the plumbing so, so they go into your house to go to the bathroom and to eat.
1: Yeah. So the the thing is designed so that you you need like a you know a central place where people can um, access a kitchen, bathroom facility, showers, laundry, all of which we have in the house of hospitality. But it also makes we'll it a lot safer. Put fifty thousand dollars have... into rehabbing it. I'm sorry.
0: And it also makes it a lot safer if the shelters themselves aren't dealing with cooking and.
1: Yeah. Certainly. And again, this is uh, this is a mode of transitional housing. When we're talking about transitional housing, we're saying that there's a gap between the institutionalization of a shelter and living in an apartment. That most people who go directly from one to the other, who have been chronically homeless, um, that's a situation that's set up for failure. And we at Amistad have seen it for 30 years. People get on the housing list. They get housing. They're not prepared. They They have forgotten how to be a neighbor, how to be accountable to other people um they you know because they've been socialized into individualism competition with others over a you know a mythical scarcity of resources you know all of these things that city policy and law uh socializes people into they have to learn they have to get socialized out of that in order for uh you know independent living to work
0: so okay, this so it is a model like, of transition. Okay, so it housing. sounds like you do really want to talk about the argument with the city, so let's bring that up. So, the city sent you a cease and desist letter, and the state has too. And they say there's a state building code that we do have so people will be safe. There's zoning rules about what can go where. I'm actually not a fan of zoning, so let's leave zoning aside. Let's just talk about safety. So, they say that, you know, the ghost ship. Remember in Daggett Street when a lot of people were living in that, um, some landlord was taking money from all these people to live in the artist studios, and there yes. were no exits. And people cleared them out. And a few weeks later, the ghost ship, all those people died in Oakland at a similar facility. And the city said, That's why we do it, that you got to make sure people are safe. We have rules so that people are safe and that we right. work with homeless shelters. We work with supportive housing places like Liberty, Safe Haven. So they said, Mark, you got to go through the process, which takes a long time. And they might not even approve it in the end. So yes. they're, they're saying you have to really stick by our rules because that's for public safety. What was your response to that? Okay, so what they we're saying, you take them down. we're
1: we're echoing the governor. First of all, the governor Lamont has declared that homelessness in the state of Connecticut is a public health crisis. That unleashes. I mean, it, it seems like City Hall here um, just seems to be viewing that as a as rhetoric, you know, maybe designed to attract more emergency money for the agencies that uh, that this money always gets thrown at to take care of homeless people. I think that's. That's the, the extent of which to which City Hall, at this point, has contemplated what the governor has done. Well, what done, they argue is okay? they, they
0: spend more money than any other city. Yeah, but that's that the, do shelters, no, they do shelters, they do warming centers.
1: We're, we're talking about the city's refusal to permit this. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was your question. Yeah. Okay, my response is we, have, uh, we live in a state where the governor has declared homelessness to be a public health crisis. That gives the mayor complete authority oh, to, to bypass zoning laws. Okay. It gives him complete authority to come and have breakfast with us and look at these homes. They're, they are uh, they are built uh, very carefully. We had a landscape architect come so in did not come, and lay this come out. Visit- we did not just assemble these homes. We have experts that have designed the whole backyard for these homes. So you're making okay? the argument because they the are safe. Is what, you're bringing and up a question of safety. Yeah, okay. These are safe according to zoning laws and city laws and building laws. And you're saying he can overcome safe.
0: some of the zoning laws because it's an emergency. Yes. What about the process of determining that it's safe? You had the fire marshal in, right? But
1: please, before we, get, before we get to that question, just understand now, what the mayor is saying is that we are violating the rights of our neighbors okay of our you know the people that live around us okay and so my response to that is this is a plan and that the neighborhood has been included in from day one it is it has been consented to by everybody who lives around there and nobody is complaining nobody's calling city hall nobody's even calling the police Enough when there's brother. a problem they talk to their neighbors and we solve the problem. So this is the context in which our mayor is saying, whoa, put the brakes on this, okay? Because we need to shuffle some paperwork to make sure it's okay. You know, they want people to vacate these homes now to go where, someplace safer? I mean, I'm waiting for the apartment, uh, the apartments that are gonna be available. And let's not forget now, four blocks, four blocks away from where people in my backyard are sleeping in tents the city has approved a developer to come in and rehab about 100 units of housing okay four blocks away the cheapest apartment in these buildings is going to be a one-room studio for twenty one hundred dollars a month homelessness in our neighborhood is an emergency and the emergency is tonight i am not a housing developer neither is colleen nor is our committee What we are is human rights defenders, and by the way, human rights law is binding and superseding law in this city when it comes to zoning. Let me ask,
0: Colleen. So, Colleen Sachs, you wrote a book. You (coughs) co-authored a book with your aunt Goldblum called "Broken America." You talked about the increase in poverty. We're reading stories about just about every state, cities throughout the country. Homeless people are more visible because there are more of them. There's a whole range of causes. One of which Mark talked about is how insanely high the rents are. They talked about Seattle. Churches have made parking lots available for people living in their cars with salaries up to $77,000. And there's a whole predatory capitalism part of it was like her car payments are like 29%. But what in writing your book, how does you, you're now helping Rosette You raise money for him. Yep. How does this fit into what you learned about why poverty is increasing and why homelessness is increasing in America?
2: Oh, it fits perfectly. And I'm going to get closer but, to the mic. Yeah. Okay, just to, to add on a bit to what Mark just said. Nobody thinks that these people are going to be made to vacate. This is a rhetorical device. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about folks who have been through the trauma of eviction again and again. They're finally putting pictures on the walls because they have walls. Like I wish that we could find a more productive way to argue about this. We're we're all adults, we all have lawyers. Let's work it out.
0: So, tell me about what you learned about poverty. Why do we okay. see the situation that the Catholic Worker House is addressing? Why does Catholic Workers need to step in now?
2: There was a slight bump in wages post COVID because of the labor shortage that a lot of employers are experiencing. But basically, since the 1970s, wages have been flat in the United States. And at the same time, health care and housing costs have increased exponentially.
0: So we understand all the causes with healthcare from sort of the capitalist model that puts profit first and denial of care as well as expensive life saving strategies. But why is housing going up so much?
2: Because housing is a commodity, right? Housing is something you can invest in. You know, you'll everybody has a Zillow link where they can find out what their house is worth today. It's a ridiculous inflation that shouldn't be focused on a basic need.
0: Now, it's always been true, and I, happen to agree, I agree with you philosophically about the basic need question whether the private market could solve it. Why is it going up more now? Why are we seeing so much more of it now? From Portland to Montana to so, Tennessee to Florida to New Haven.
2: Like so many things, I blame Ronald Reagan. Um, the federal government used to invest in housing Used to build affordable housing. Used to do better on funding folks to get into housing. There's almost
0: we do have an, a huge wait list for Section 8, for instance. It's the years. And the other thing Reagan did was he he deinstitutionalized mental institutions without having a plan in place for people who would go in the community. When we started seeing homelessness reemerge, in New Haven actually was in 1981 when it were people who had been deinstitutionalized, which is why we got Columbus House.
2: And, you know, we are the richest society in human history. The fact that homelessness is increasing is absolutely scandalous. It doesn't have to be.
0: So let let me ask you both, Mark and Colleen, when we look at this tiny, you're helping eight people right now, hopefully more, on Rosette Street. What can cities learn from this in terms of dealing with this problem of homelessness? What are we learning on Rosette Street that can help America deal with its challenging homelessness problem right now?
1: Well, I would say one thing that we can learn is that um, you can't uh, solve the problem of homelessness simply by, um, by money and facilities and, you know, essentially warehousing people in the most efficient way. Um, what we need is, uh, uh, you know, people need two feet on the ground uh, from which they can fight their way out of poverty. And in order to do that, you need some sense of community. That's why, E, you know, even these ten cities it 's so, so tragic to have them uh, continue to be bulldozed because again, as I said in the beginning, that is really the only um, the only form of community that's that's afforded to people who are unhoused right now and if the city would simply begin its service delivery with the recognition of people 's basic human rights, then um, you know a sense of neighbor a sense of personhood could be uh, could come back into uh, the community of the unhoused.
0: And what what about with substance abuse? I know that a lot of people, now this is not the only reason people who have more homelessness, the the, Mm -hmm. the rising rents are the biggest factor, it seems to me. But what about a lot of people don't want to go to shelters or be in supportive housing places with the rules, partly because they are choosing to, or not choosing, but are are addicted to to opioids and that that's a very serious challenge. I
2: still think you have to look at the economic side of it. My father was an alcoholic who could not work for the last few years of his life. He was basically bedridden. We weren't homeless. My I'm mom, not suggesting
0: anyone should be homeless because they're addicted to drugs. I'm wondering no, how no. do you deal I'm, with I'm it. I'm not yeah. saying
2: that, it, that they should. I don't think that you're saying that they should be. But we were not homeless because my mom could afford our mortgage as a waitress. That's just not true anymore. Yeah. There are no affordable options. You know, we all have problems. We all get sick sometimes. We all get laid off sometimes. Stuff happens. So in basically, your life.
0: when I keep asking you, should we just build a lot more tiny houses? You're saying the more fundamental question is that the private market can't be dependent on to have affordable housing in America. So that, in fact, we have to invest more in a housing first federal government plan to just make a lot, lot more housing available to people is that kind of the answer
2: i'm not necessarily saying the federal government has to do it um oh. i'm saying that or we have federal to and state you know we have to rework things so that housing isn't a profit center it's a people center mm-hmm. you know you said what what is rosette teaching the world the thing that attracted me to rosette was the idea of looking at unhoused people as neighbors and rosette was a wonderful place when it was just tents before there were tiny houses because people felt a sense of belonging and agency and freedom and responsibility. And we can't have a system to respond to ho- homelessness that takes those things away from people. We can't make people less than they are. Rosette recognizes what they and tell are. Tell
0: me more about Catholic Worker movement. I always immediately... My brain says Dorothy Day as soon as I hear that, you know, so like so standing I guess at least a century old movement within the Catholic Church that the deeds to help those most in need are the best manifestation of what it means to be a religious person. Is that accurate? It's always been. Something- yeah,
1: the Catholic workers started in the Depression in the early 1930s, and um, it's just centered around uh, a couple of uh, or a few uh, basic um, principles, namely the daily practice of the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, okay? Um, The uh, uh, nonviolence as a personal lifestyle and as a method for changing the social realities around us, beginning in the neighborhood. Um, You know, a common lifestyle, we we call it, you know, traditional notion in the churches of of voluntary poverty, which to us, it's like a simplicity of lifestyle where we, you know, we consider ownership in a different way, like whatever we own is... Uh, We do our best to put it at the service. And so you've been 30 years on Rosette, right? We've been 30 years uh, living in each, you know, there are about maybe 200 Catholic worker houses nationwide, mostly in urban areas, but also farms and such. And what they do, each is its own entity, um, which is to say each uh, community sort of tries to live out those principles in their own. And as I
0: remember when it first came on my radar was you'd have, was it once a week, twice a week, huge lunches for people in your kitchen?
1: Well, what what we settled into was serving two meals a day, uh, five days a week, uh, you know, for the past uh, almost 30 years. Uh, We also have, uh, you know, a couple of, well, uh, Thursday we would have a big neighborhood gathering because, you know, literally so many donations of food and produce and all sorts of stuff would come in that we, we would have like a neighborhood day where we, you know, give it all away. and We'd invite people in our neighbors if you have anything you want to give away, like your kids grew out of their clothes or whatever. We would call it a give and take. So th- those are the the things that we've been sort of based on all these years. And then and then,
0: what is the philosophy of, of first serving people's immediate corporal needs as part of a larger process to ad- help them on their own address the structural yeah. reasons for poverty in our society? Christian Community Action does a lot of that. House the people and then have them become advocates for changing state laws. Is that similar with Catholic Worker House that— you're both a service and a structural change organization.
1: We are, and I think that you know it's it's key to us to understand that um in order for social change to happen, i have to change, okay? Which means that our service uh to people, and this is this actually comes from Catholic social teaching, you know, our service is supposed to move us towards solidarity with people. In other words, beginning to first identify with, with the issues that really are affecting them and their family lives, et cetera, um, and then try to move ourselves closer to that experience um, so that on some level we can share the, you know, share the experience um, uh, given the, the place of privilege that we come from. You know, th- the more we can cross over into sharing that experience, uh, the more uh, possibilities of transformation you know, for the whole neighborhood. Well, so we're it... trying to put our own educations, for example,
0: at the service of the community before i let you go and ask you what's coming up next you've been raising money in guilford and people kind of made fun of that in the comments section saying sure they'll give you money from Guilford because they don't want people living in guilford right but is the Mm. answers are like we're going to take it where we can get it because we want to get people homes
1: that's right well no i mean i i think that um i'm looking at my community as cutting across the suburban lines i came from there you know and that's still my home you know it's still those are still my people we're not uh, you know the segregation in this state needs needs to be addressed as well, and I think this is an issue where, again, people on their own initiative, you know, have come forward both from from all corners of this uh, state in order to work on this. So we're not. I thought it was
0: really uh, impressive the way you raised the money to put this thing up. So you're raising more money. I want to ask yeah, people yeah. how they can help. You have an a, a event on November 11th. Tell us about that.
1: November
2: 11th at Zion Episcopal Church in North Brantford. I will be making you brunch. It will be absolutely delicious. What is it going to be? You will. Oh, my goodness. Vegan French toast. Oh, vegan French toast. Sa- yeah, Do you use for, soy milk for or for oat Mark, milk? I use um, silken tofu, with which I blend with coconut milk. It tastes better oh, than the real Because I've fan. never
0: made. I'm vegan. I've never made good vegan veg toast before.
2: Well, you need to come. Yeah. And um, for, for the for the carnivores, there's going to be um, poached salmon and court bouillon with tzatziki and Moroccan chicken. And, and now carrot that stands cake. up for the French
0: toast. So, how do people go? How do they find out about it? So,
2: go to rosettevillage.org, our dot website, and you will. It's, it's both. Oh, it is. Sorry. And you will find a place to. Get your tickets and have a lovely lovely time can you also and, go
0: there just to donate money without going to the event
1: you can donate money to us any day so
0: rosettevillage.org or com you choose you yep. Go there and, and you we are going to
1: have there at the event we'll have a round table discussion where some of the folks from the living in the backyard will uh, have a chance to speak and maybe A. Q&A. so if people uh who are hearing this want to bring some you know bring some of your own perspective to this would be great
0: and finally, um, any chance you'll be shutting down when the city gives you the notices or you're here to stay?
1: Well, as as I've become fond of saying the past few days, we can't cease because we have a commitment to people and we will certainly never desist because uh, we're defending people's human rights.
0: Well, it's it's Amen. been such an honor to talk to both of you today. Mark Colville from the Amistad Catholic Worker House and Colleen Shaddock's co-author of Broken America and from the Rosette Village Collective, making, ensuring that New Haven and our area cannot ignore the plight of homelessness and the search for solutions. Thank
1: you so much, Paul. Thanks, All Paul. right,
0: and I want to thank Nora Grace Flood for arranging today's show and the great reporting she's been doing on this story. That's how I know everything about what you're doing. And Harry Dros, our station manager, for link us up to all elements of the multiverse. We're going to take it out with the Afro-Semitic Experience performing I Wish I Knew, How It Feel to Be Free, from the group CD, A Plea for Peace. This is Paul Bass inviting you to fly free with us all day and all night long at FM, New Haven's home for community radio.